Attention patriots. Tired of the tyranny and crime in the sanctuary cities? Flee the city and seek refuge in the American Redoubt. FleeTheCity.com. Move to the freedom of Idaho, Montana, or Wyoming. FleeTheCity.com. FleeTheCity.com. You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more, up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover SelfDefenseFund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Herbs have been used by people since the dawn of time. When Rockefeller introduced allopathic medicine, many herbal remedies fell by the wayside as people put their faith in prescription pills and the world just gets sicker. Here at Heathen Herbs, we look to the past and to nature for answers. We offer tinctures, magnesium skin cream, lip balm, tooth powder, colloidal silver throat spray, and more. Check us out at HeathenHerbs.com. You're listening to Resolution Radio. ResolutionRDO.com no reasonable level of anti-Semitism. Nordic resistance movement are present. And welcome to the Nordic Frontier. It is the final solution to your podcast problem. 
you have arrived. It is Nordic Wotan's Day today, and we come to you live almost every Nordic Wotan's Day from the Piney Mountains of the Nordic Nation. It is also a national socialist broadcast hosted by a member tonight of the Nordic Resistance Movement, and that is me, Andreas. And with me, as usual, I have Mike. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing fine, thank you. How are you? Pretty, pretty good. Did you have a sauna today? I didn't have time today. It was a very, very busy afternoon and evening. Shit. That's what I say when I don't have a sauna. God damn. (laughs) Yeah. All right, that's tragedy. We'll have a virtual one for the road. Yeah. Yeah, nice do, you, do you sauna really hard, like a real fin, like when it hurts, or are you a comfy sauna guy? Uh, well, there, there are many camps. I do not like, like some like to sit there for, for ages. I'm more of the... 15 uh, minutes, 10 minutes. Yeah, like go go hard or go home. Uh, uh, you know, got, got, <laughs> got to burn a little bit then feels more refreshing afterwards i'm not uh, but some like to sit there take it slow and you know i don't know it's not my thing Nah, i have about 10 15 minutes and sometimes i like it hard sometimes i just like to chill but i prefer to be alone when i have a sauna and it's quite hard when i have a communal sauna at work i have to figure out where all the boomers uh, go off work so i can time it <laughs> properly you don't have one at home? No, I haven't built it yet. You know? uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that's my uh, my uh, future project. And uh, they say that you're not really a man unless you've built your own sauna. So it's a man mm-hmm. test. And now you also have to spend three times as much money building one. So it's always yeah. good fun. Well, price things are going to become cheap soon enough. <laughs> No one has money to go around Something's going to give, you know, otherwise we're all going to be fucking homeless soon. I don't like, I don't necessarily need to be alone, but I prefer if it's people I know. (laughs) Yeah, of course. I I, I don't like, uh, I've never been a big fan of uh, public saunas, like, you know, and uh, the gyms or something like that. Uh, I tend to avoid them. Uh, But, uh, yeah. It's cool with the with the, with the kids. He's getting uh, really good at the saunaing. He's like good, <laughs> getting them young. That's how you do it. Yeah. I mean, he was oh nine months when he was first time. Mm-hmm. Nice. Man, he's not gonna get corona. That's yeah, kill. but you need to take it really slow in the beginning. It's more to get used to the idea. But but nowadays, like he he's throws the water himself and it's borderline running dad out of the sun at times so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure you speaking Tried of sauna. to tell him to calm down but nope no All right. uh, speaking of saunas uh, i watched um, we had the movie night on saturday yeah. and um, we have this theme where we're going through all of the 80s 90s and kind of early aughts movies and uh, my wife had a 
I don't know why, but she had like this. She never remembers a movie ever, so there's no point <laughs> watching a movie for her. But she had this idea that she had a positive vibe or positive feeling around the day after tomorrow. <laughs> like, uh, it's a shit movie. But yeah. you know, after many months, we did eventually watch it. And my God, that is like the climate propaganda. Do you remember that movie? At all? <laughs> I do remember. We were... Uh, I can't, it was something to do. We were kind of semi... We were forced to watch it at a course at university, although not in the way you think uh, oh, <laughs> in, in these days. It's where, very where academic, it's, you know, very academic. Indeed. <laughs> we were forced to, to watch it from a critical perspective. Oh, okay. I don't think they do this anymore, but it was more like, because it, it was so big. Uh, it was 2000 and when was that? 2004. <laughs> yeah. But it was it was big for many years around that that we were forced to kind of watch it and and do a report on yeah. that, but but from a critical perspective, it was actually pretty interesting too. Yeah, that to sounds do. interesting actually. But because uh, that's what I did uh, while watching it in the sofa, I did a critical report. <laughs> this fucking propaganda. <laughs> Why are we watching this? And the interesting thing is that this guy uh, Dennis Quaid is the the main lead. Is it Dennis? Yeah. Fuck, I've already forgotten his name. Anyway, Quaid guy. Uh, he uh, he plays this uh, super action researcher that's uh, been doing all this research into the North Pole. And you know, the poles yeah. are melting and no one on planet Earth is aware of this. This is news to everyone when he's holding this seminar in front of the UN or something like that. Yeah. And that the polar caps are going to melt and it's going to fuck up the Gulf Stream and it's going to send the Earth into another ice age. This is literally what I've been hearing in school since I was a little kid. Like, this is so <laughs> yeah. fucking mainstream. And to think that that's controversial in a movie, it's like, no, and it, you know, it's not happening. And like, that's 2004. And then you had, uh, what's his name, uh, that vice president... Uh, uh, Al Gore. Al Gore, yeah. You had his yeah. movie going, his documentary going and failing at every prediction it ever made. It's like, it's not happening. So what now? Are we going to admit defeat already or are we going to keep the showing this fucking with, movie? With, with Al Gore is, uh, like, I think he even bought it around when that movie was released, but he, he yeah. bought like a seaside property in Florida. <laughs> it's like <laughs> quite literally living <laughs> living at the water. So I don't think he believed in his own shit for two minutes. But it, it's pretty interesting to do these uh, go through movies like uh, or like 10 years or something ago uh, before uh, things went haywire. But I went through the top 100 movies on, on IMDb it was before it like nowadays it's because it changes over time obviously but it's been, yeah it's got a lot of these uh marvel crap in it but yeah. I, I went we went uh, me no, and none of those friend. movies are any top movies ever made like no. they're absolute garbage but 10 years ago i think the only marvelish thing that was on it was uh dark knight rises or or it's the not Dark Marvel. Knight, <laughs> oh. <coughs> but superhero. Mm. <clears throat> superhero stuff. But anyway, 
Uh, we went through that a few friends. Uh, it took us, well, I can't remember, a uh, few years we went through. So we kind of took print screen of it when we started because so that it would stay the same. And it was pretty fun to go through. It was a lot of movies that I would never have watched uh, uh, that I ended up watching. Uh, mm. But a lot of crap. I mean, Schindler's List is still on there. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm uh, guessing Titanic is on there. Braveheart. Uh, Braveheart is from memory, but I don't think it's Titanic. Isn't that the biggest movie ever made? I don't know. Seems like it's... Let me let me look. How I'm gonna I'm in here scrolling. Now. Uh, yeah, but we we've been doing a series like uh, we've been doing Tom Cruise for a few weeks. We did all the Mission Impossible? What are you doing? You what gotta the get fuck into is it this? with that chicken. Gotta get into God, it. Period. Damn. You gotta get into it. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I'm just blowing off prep here. That just went off. Twitter is crazy. What are you doing, Elon Musk? Playing fucking yeah, I don't videos. See Titanic right? on this list, but. Oh. oh my god, Nibus scared the shit out of me. Yeah, we've, we've been going through the Tom Cruise uh, catalog, uh, doing the Mission Impossible, and then stopping it. We always stop at 2010. We don't watch anything after that because it's absolute garbage. And uh, yeah, we've been going through all the um, Jim Carrey movies as well. And uh, yeah, Jim Carrey is very. But he's got his thing, right? That he's good at. Yeah. Comedy-wise. Yeah. And there's some really good movies that he made. But he is a complete psycho. Like the, I think that guy is uh, really fucked up in his head. But he's, he's admitted as much. Yeah, so-and-so. But I think it's it's even darker than that. Like People think he's just a hippie, but I think he's a literal psychopath. But but, he's, he's got the interviews where he says, he's quite literally says that, you know movies and and arts are like uh, the way for for him to cha channel uh, how fucked up channel the demons <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah so that but it's uh it's interesting it's good stuff and like you said you, you get a new perspective you've been watching some movies you haven't watched but we're i'm only watching like classics that i remember that yeah. i want to show my children that i think are kind of all right and then finding out that crocodile dundee in that movie, they're like doing coke in the kitchen and that stuff. <laughs> that came as a surprise to me because I didn't obviously didn't pick up on that as a child. Yeah, it, it's it's funny when you watch movies that you uh, remember. Like they're they're still good movies, but uh, but you you when you watch them after you kind of taken the <laughs> plunge into the deep end of the pool, is that that you do realize that you missed a lot of the degeneracy and stuff mm, exactly that that was like really obvious and, and in your face but you just and that kind of shows you how deep the, the the programming of people goes is because they you don't even react to it anymore no. i mean and that's why they keep i mean what 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 was the homo cowboy broke back mountain yeah jesus I, I, I think mean, I've watched that twice for some reason. I've never, <laughs> I would never watch that now. God damn! I don't think I've never seen it actually. Oh I'm pretty God. sure I've you got to watch that, Mike. No, but but the point <laughs> is that <coughs> when when it came out, you know, it was pretty. You know, it was all over the place. That and you know, people were up in even like your average cock servers were up in arms about it. 
And I mean, you would put that next to your average like TV series <laughs> today, and it would be like completely vanilla. Mm, so exactly, that, that is so true. So if somebody, somebody, somebody today used the today stuff, would watch it, they wouldn't probably like they wouldn't even react. That there's something. Yeah, it's off. like it's like this uh, Netflix series Cuties. You know, if that. Yeah gets cemented so that in 20 years people will see it as a classic and it's just part of netflix classics that you can stream and no one you know everyone watched it as a kid and you know there's nothing wrong with it yeah that's brokeback mountain i don't actually know what people nowadays think of brokeback mountain but that's uh yeah jake gyllenhaal he's uh he's an aryan aryan super stud for sure He's in this new, um, but he was in uh, Day After Tomorrow as well, actually. Yeah. And he's in this new MMA movie that's uh, being filmed now. Should have watched. I should have a. We should have watched. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the R guy, <laughs> the meme, meme guy, the oven dodger guy. Yeah, Mel Gibson. Yeah, you should watch uh, all of his movies. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a really good actor. Yeah. So we're moving into that, like uh, Lethal Weapon. It's pretty good. And uh, obviously Braveheart. But Braveheart, I remember watching Braveheart as, as a kid. And I don't know if I have talked about that on the show before. Seems familiar. But I it was really traumatic, the ending of the movie. And that was when it, when it came out. I don't know what year that is. It's like early 90s. Let me check. Something like that. It must have been 90, because I was really small when that came out. Yeah. 95. Yeah. Yeah, So 10 years old. And then when it came out, like watching the ending there, it was uh, horrible. Like, uh, because it is, uh, even as a grown-up watching it, it is pretty intense. So... Yeah, another movie that we watched recently that I didn't talk about uh, that I was going to mention was um, the Robocop 1 and 2. And those are pretty brutal. Like, for being like cheesy action movies, which we can see uh, as adults, like just watching at the the violence. And they have uh, real effects. They don't have any, you know, computer animated stuff, which makes it so much more real. The only problem yeah, I, with it, like in the first one, is that the gangs are white. <laughs> well, they, they are they are kind of mixed race, but the, the main leader, he's red from that seventy <coughs> show, uh, and yeah. he's supposedly the you know the big uh, gangster in town in Detroit. <laughs> Detroit has a problem with uh, white gangster bosses going around shooting people. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw actually. Not many days ago, a great meme about RoboCop in uh, <laughs> on Telegram, and I can't. I'm paraphrasing. It's basically like uh, he he spent his life, you know, working for the man, and then he dies. So what do they do? <laughs> Drag him back, <laughs> yeah. put him in a robot suit, and he just has to keep working for, but now for free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. All right, enough for that chit-chatter. We have episode 258 tonight. We have the National Socialist Redeemer. We're going to take a look at uh, modern thought around national socialism. Or our thoughts, I guess. They're kind of modern. I'm a modern guy, if you didn't know. 
We're also going to talk about the Chinese economy. Is it based or is it not based? I think uh, Mike has the answer. (laughs) Then we're going to talk about some shit going on in Sweden. And uh, there was some black stuff as well. We might squeeze some black stuff in for the lols to end the evening on a high note. But we have some donations coming in first. We have some cash coming in from JC, very loyal donor, has donated to the show for years. Something you should be doing out there. Uh, If everyone was like JC, we'd be rolling in it by now. So we say to him, because it was uh, Swedish Master Race Currency. That's right. And if you want to donate to the show and to the movement, uh, you can do so through odyssey.com. You can donate there with your debit or credit card. You can send in super chats, uh, ask us questions or give comments to the show during the live show and we'll read those. And the more you send in, the quicker we'll read them. I think that's how it goes. Uh, This is a terribly, terribly underfunded show. If everyone would just give five dollars a month that would be a lot of money in the end and i know you know that yourself so if you enjoy the show if you enjoy the sacrifice that uh, me and mike are doing here on a wotan's day then you you send some shekels if you want to send cash you can go to nordicresistancemovement.org and click the donation button there there's an address you can send cash And if you can, make it Swedish currency. That uh, makes it much easier for our banking guy. And I also wanted to say that this feels all wrong. Being live on a Wednesday, it's all off. We know all the problems. I'm getting problems with guests that can't do Wednesdays. Nordic Frontier was always on a Tuesday. And everyone knew that that was settled. So now we're going to make, or I'm going to make another sacrifice for you. And we're going to do, or for myself as well, we're going to go back to Tuesdays next week. And uh, because I, I thought like this, we're never on time anyway. So <laughs> why, why even try be on time for eight o'clock? So we will go live whenever I'm uh, here at the computer on a Tuesday. But it will be around 8 o'clock, for sure. It's going to be a tight squeeze, but I think it's going to be worth it. Then we don't have to, you know, think about uh, forgetting when Nordic Frontier is going live. It's on Tuesdays, 8 o'clock. All right, with that announcement, uh, we can run a little jingle and we'll get into some content. Hey there, guy. This is Jazz Hans McFeels from Fashion the Nation. You're listening to the Nordic Frontier, the final solution to your podcast problem.
Reality check. Rampant hacking. Identity theft. Mass surveillance. Defending yourself today is not an option. It's a requirement. Introducing the Conceal Shield Travel Pack from DefenderShield.com. Conceal Shield is cutting-edge wireless blocking technology that eliminates all signals, including EMF, GPS, and RFID. Place cell phones, credit cards, IDs, and other trackable items into the Conceal Shield, and they become totally invisible. Get Conceal Shield now at DefenderShield.com. Use promo code CONCEAL for 10% off. Guard your privacy, secure your data, and protect your health with Conceal Shield. You're listening to Resolution Radio, Radio, Radio. ResolutionRDO.com Yes, and you have arrived. It is a cozy Wotan's day today. And I was going to start off the mixed bag with a Somalian sob story. If you if you like a, uh, I don't know, unlikely story that we'll be telling on this show. That's what we've got, because this one, this one touched right in the feels. And uh, I also used AI to translate the article, so I don't have to read it, uh, translate on the fly. See, we're already, we're already progressing here at the Nordic Frontier. Very smooth, very smooth indeed. But it's been a real problem over the years, actually, that I have so many Swedish articles in the show prep. And then when I go to click through the links, I'm like, Fuck, I didn't even read this article. <laughs> now I have to, I have to translate this <laughs> on the fly. Jesus. So, well, now I have read the article and I have translated it. And I do do have some points that I want to make. So as people know about the current condition in Sweden, we are having uh, problems with shootings, a uh, problem with crime. Uh, I think... Uh, of course, we also have... Uh Problems with crime, organized crime in Sweden, shootings. But it's not like you have these no-go zones. Uh, we, we, have, uh, we have dealt with it. I'm dealing with it every day. Well, Levin is not dealing with it anymore. He's been upgraded to something else. He's making more money doing something more useless. But we are dealing with it. Swedes are dealing with the violence. And now, Somalis... God damn it. Even the Somalis can't be left alone with this terrible violence. So we've got this story about uh, Yama Omar and his son that was uh, shot. Maybe we'll bring that up on the web, actually, so you can see him. He's uh, from Rinkeby, obviously, a Swedish guy from Rinkeby. And I'm reading here from Aftonbladet. He says, uh, Yama Omar lost his son in a shooting in August 2021. No one has been convicted of the murder. And, yeah, just listen to this uh, little paragraph here. He keeps his jacket and scarf on as he sits down in a small cafe in the center of Rinkeby. He takes an ink pen and a folded piece of paper out of his pocket and places them on the table in front of him. She's setting the scene, like, you're really feeling this. You're into this story. And then he says, I have cho- you have children, you raise them, and then your son turns 20, someone shoots him, and everything is lost. Everything you invested is gone. Because it was an investment that he made. He believes that the legal system doesn't work, and he says that 
you would have to film a murder for planning, from planning to execution for it to stand up in a Swedish court. But also that legal protection is not equal for everyone in Sweden. Shootings occur all over Sweden, but have hit the Somali community particularly hard. The state is responsible for the safety of its citizens, but we do not consider our children to be part of that protection. And this is interesting. So the Somali community has been hit very hard by the shooting, the shootings. So who's doing the shootings? Is it the Somali community that is doing the shootings? Or is it Swedish gangs that are shooting Somali children? Or children, is 20 years old. That That's what... Uh, these people that come here, like it gets worse, but <laughs> this Yama Omar is complaining that the Somali community in Sweden is suffering because Somali citizens in Sweden are shooting other Somalis in Sweden. Like, what's Somali? Uh, what's Somalia like? Like, do you remember what it was like living in Somalia? <laughs> was it any better, really? Uh, maybe it is better nowadays. I don't know. Maybe we took the worst. So it continues here. Yama Omar's son was shot dead. No one has been convicted of the murder. We do not consider our children to be protected by the state, says Yama Omar. Uh, after the murder, Yama Omar says his daughter and her mother sat in a separate room for 19 months, shocked and traumatized. In their grief, they could not recover. I even tried to seek support so that they can go abroad for a while, break the situation and get away to recover, give them a vacation, a state-sponsored vacation, because uh, their son was being shot. wonder if that's policy in Sweden to, to get that, I don't know. But I didn't get a single penny of help. Oh my God, I didn't get a single penny. Nor has the family received any offering of counselling after the murder. And he shakes his head and sighs, We came here... And now we have started moving again. After 30 years, we don't want it to continue. Moving, I'm considering, uh, I'm hoping this is moving home to Somalia. Because, as I imagine, when you come to Somalia as a Swedish person, and you establish your Swedish community, and you don't shoot each other, obviously, what kind of state-sponsored services uh, are we entitled to? Like, do we get free vacations when our loved ones are being shot by other Swedes in Somalia? Uh, do we get counseling from the Somalian government? And he even goes to far, so far as to try and call the national police chief, Anders Thunberg, <laughs> to get some sort of uh, ratification in this. And it's like, Swedes, Swedish women especially, are being victimized every single day in Sweden. There are so many brutal rapes that are going unsolved every single day from being done against Swedish people. They're not getting any fucking free vacations. They're not get, they might get counseling for sure, but they're not getting convictions. Less and less convictions on this front. And then he continues, 
Even 20-year-olds, girls and boys want to leave the country now. I don't want to have children here in Sweden. Good. This is the result of the state's irresponsibility. We came here and now we have started moving it. Yeah. After 30 years, he says the same thing again. So this is interesting that these people came here and he's been here for 30 years, he says. And now because more of his people, more than ever, have moved to Sweden and they've created their own Somalia inside of Sweden, he has to move again. So what's the conclusion here? Is it that the Somalis are just creating places that are inhabitable, maybe? Is that the conclusion, or is it the Swedish state that have, has failed somehow? How could they possibly have prevented Somalis from being who they are when coming to Sweden? Well, it's obviously the Swedish state who's at fault, because they allowed them to get in here in the first place. Yeah, but they allowed him to come in. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, so the Swedish government made a mistake. They should have never allowed them. So, yeah, because he would have been so much more happy just being yes, at home of 30 years ago. <laughs> and he would have all the, the state responsibility of Somalia. You know, <laughs> they would take care of him <laughs> for sure. That's what I'm uh, guessing here. Uh, there was something about. The, what's that called? Constitutional racism, something of the like. Uh, says, uh, but it's not only shootings that Yama Omar believes pose a security threat, but also structural, structural racism in Sweden. That's right. Everything that happens to us here, it doesn't happen everywhere in the world. We have come here and then it feels like Swedes and the authorities think they own us. Dogs have more value than our children here. That's right. <laughs> That's completely true. According to Yama Omar, many police officers in Rinkeby show this clearly. There's no humanity. There's no humanity in them. When you meet them, they show in their face that they don't like you. How can I communicate with such people who have already hate, who already hate you deep down? So the story around the police and the Rinkeby, which we told years ago, is that the Somali community in Rinkeby burnt the police station down to the ground. And they were hostile to anyone who came there and tried to re-establish that police station. They had such trouble hiring a building firm to get a contract for a building firm to even build there. Because there was a security risk. The police had to patrol the building of the police station. And they did build a police station a few years ago. And I think it's still there. But I'm not sure. But you can imagine being a police officer in that environment. How happy you are to be patrolling these malls around the Rinkeby. Like, this uh, person has no self-insight whatsoever. I know I'm asking a lot here. I'm just, you know, I'm doing grug. We're doing grug. Just to get a feel for this guy. So anyway, he's really disappointed with the structural racism and the police that are not very happy about them being there. So what's the solution for this problem? Because we do have a problem uh, with, uh, with these people. So the latest uh, 
the latest suggestion, as people know, we have a uh, neo-fascist government in Sweden. The moderates are in majority in the government, kind of under the puppet strings of the Sweden Democrats, the real Nazi party. And they've come up with a plan that was presented by um, the liberals' uh, Johan Passion the other day. And that's called the Sweden course. So they're going to have a course for all the migrants to come to Sweden. And it, there's no saying if this course is for the people that are already here. But I'm guessing for all the non-citizens of Sweden, if you want to become a citizen. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's a citizen test, although it's called the Sweden course. So you're going to learn things like don't rape. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the first one. And uh, don't shoot. Try to verbally... Uh, solve your conflicts instead of shooting each other. Don't loot, steal, blow things up as well. Big on the list. I don't know. What else can you think of? Don't fail kids. Yes, that too. Mm. <clears throat> yes. Don't uh, blow up police stations. Uh, don't throw hand grenades through random people's windows. Yeah, it's a big one. These are the, yeah, these are the obvious ones. The the funny thing about this is, uh, Ewan Passion comments. He says that he thinks this is, this is critical for the integration. This is something that we have to do. And that people should have a chance when they come to Sweden. We should give them a chance to become just like us. But then you have to understand how Sweden works. But if you don't, that's the thing. If you fail the course, then you get to do it again. <laughs> that's the only consequence. Try again. And then the funny thing about this, I can imagine if this becomes a thing, like this is like a lol cow. But if this becomes a thing, I can imagine in 10 years, this course is going to be too hard. So they're just going to make it easier and easier to pass. So in the end, it's going to be like, tick the boxes. Do not rape. Do not kill. Like these things. Don't uh, have sex with people under 15. Yes, the legal limit is 15 in Sweden. I'm sure they're pushing that limit as well. So... Uh, yeah, this uh, test is, this is the the harsh, like, our Prime Minister, Uffe Kristersson, he goes out and says, just like they've been saying for years, they're, they're going to put on the hard gloves, we're going to have to solve this. And then months later, like we're talking six months later, this is what's being presented. This is what's going to solve the shootings, the drug dealings, the fentanyl that are being sold to young Swedish people nowadays, fucking Sweden course is gonna patch it right up. So yeah, it's I mean, fuck, did like it's it's like well, obviously it it 
It's like they don't even want to fix it, but the thing is that they probably don't. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's it's weird. Like the Swedish Sweden course, what like what do they actually ex? What do they expect it to do? Nothing. No, not not against crime. I mean, it's not going to solve the crime. It might right. like all the the good immigrants. You know, they can go to the course and they can fill in that they know who. Carl the Twelfth was, and whatever it could be, what color the Swedish flag is. Like, I'm yeah. not fundamentally against a Sweden test. I think it's quite patriotic to have those kinds of things. But all the immigrants better be European and white. <laughs> like, they should come here and appreciate our traditions, but not obviously in huge amounts. Like, we have no need for immigration whatsoever. But to because th this is going to be coupled with celebrating them as neo Swedes on National Day. You know, everyone who passed the course now you're Swedish. Here, are you, here's your diploma. Uh, now you're just as Swedish as uh, these white and blonde children over there. Yep. Even though they don't know nothing about Carl the Twelfth. You know, they have uh, the Nord in their blood. So, do you have a Finnish test? The Finn test? Uh, I don't know what the test... I mean, it has to be some test because there's language requirements. <laughs> but oh, I, I don't something. know how how that looks. So, yeah. Yeah, I have no, no clue, to be honest. Yeah, no, but we're... Uh, I don't know. Something. <laughs> <laughs> not surprised maybe I can say that's uh, what I am uh, yeah I was also gonna, gonna say that uh, our uh, Icelandic comrade uh, didn't come on tonight uh, he might pop in anytime that's <laughs> that's as much as I know about it would have been nice if he had been on but uh, we can move on to uh, one of the big questions this evening. And we were talking about the economy next last week. And uh, yeah, there was some development on that as well that we, we can talk about. But there was sure. a question from AG. And AG, he is a, um executive producer of the show. So he gets free questions. Uh, they weren't free. They, he's paid a lot of money. But uh, the question is... Uh, what about China? China's economy? That's the question. Sorry, I'm fiddling here with videos as we're going through. Uh, so I was going to play this video as a little intro. Uh, first, I'm going to find it. But maybe you can start talking about it a little bit until I can download the video. Yeah. <coughs> well, that video... Uh, in itself is is kind of relevant uh, because um, the Chinese economy, I guess, like any other big uh, big economy, uh, is very complex. Uh, but but in general, you could say that the Chinese economy isn't doing very well and hasn't been doing very well for a long time. But communists, being the way they are, they've been doing some kind of trick, some some trickery, to be fiddling <laughs> about. 
that they've been fiddling about to, to keep it going, right? Yeah, right. but let, let's uh, watch this uh, short yeah. clip. Uh, it's it's uh, uh, you have to watch it. It's, it's only pictures, but we can like talk generally what the video is showing. Talk about what it's showing. But for the people that are listening on the podcast version, if you want to see this video, uh, you can watch the stream or it will be posted later on Telegram. So yeah, let's go. So it's literally showing like predictions of the Chinese economy collapsing any day now from the 60s. Seems like it's mostly one shell as well. So that was the the shill against China, I guess, over the years. That's predicting its downfall because, well, according to you, maybe as well, that it's uh, inevitable well, yeah. that it's going to collapse at some point. <clears throat> yeah, like <laughs> I think we mentioned this the last episode as well when we talked about the economy. But the problem with with economy, I, I guess there's a few things we, we need to kind of clear out, uh, uh, clarify before we go into detail more is that, you know, most people <laughs> view a collapse as something, you know, just crashing down and burning, right? Mm. Uh, that's rarely the thing <clears throat> in most things, but also it, I mean, it's a societal collapse, you know, it's, it's a slow progress, uh, be it an economic collapse. Um, you know, uh, if you look at the Chinese, so yes, they've had huge economic growth, 
but you know already <clears throat> the ghost towns became an issue in in the early 2010s right <laughs> and by then you know the, the scene was set it, it by then you can already start saying that it's it's not a matter of will it it's just a matter of when but sometimes these things they can take 10 years to to mature right i mean we've seen this multiple times in in the history of economies that that keep on growing in non-natural ways only to then fall and crash and burn uh but but the fundamental issue if, if we look at the chinese economy is that it's been basically to to make it very simple like it's, it's very complex but to, to simplify it and look at only the main drivers you you have the massive construction boom you know uh car uh, that is pushed by the government itself and uh, uh, construction and building booms are, are not unique to to China. <laughs> uh, they happen in many places. I mean, and and, and more than often in in uh, countries uh, under communism, but also social democracy like Sweden saw that happen during the so-called Million Program. And you would uh, then uh, in the nineties and stuff, or was it the eighties? You had a <laughs> A lot of construction companies go bust and 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 also uh, and so forth. But anyway, the way so if you the problem is that that you're when when you're looking at economic growth. So so what what people mostly look at are GDP figures, right? <clears throat> and and what GDP basically is is the value of all goods and services you've. Uh, produced in a set amount of time, usually a year. So, if you produce, if you use government, so so if if you look at the formula to calculate uh, uh, the GDP of of any country, so you you have, uh, so you have like, oh, let me just uh, uh, take it here so I can explain it so I have it visually but you, you so you have uh, the formula goes basically as a C plus I plus G uh, plus an uh, X so so uh, C uh, is basically the the, the the normal output of an economy you could say uh, and then you have I which is the investments made in in the economy and then you have G, which is government, so so government spending, right? Uh, so it it becomes a part of the of the formula, and and then you have what's called NX or net export. It's like import minus exports. But but if you look at how the formula works, uh, it, it quite literally means that if you increase any of the any of the values of C I G or G the the value is gonna increase so if the government increases spending that's gonna increase the the gdp uh, and most uh, uh, most uh, calculations and, and numbers that you see in financial media and stuff are gdp numbers and to correct myself so c stands for private consumptions it's like what what the people in 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 the economy are are 
uh, are or their consumption is like well, what is being consumed in the economy. <clears throat> so what they've done in China is that the government has massively pushed uh, constructions. You know, they've <laughs> we've all read about the new highways and the hyper fast trains and shit and that and the other. And they've been building like crazy. So that will obviously drive up uh, your, your economic growth in GDP figures. And the problem is that you can kind of only keep that going for <laughs> so long because at some point there's going to be more apartments or more houses than there are people. And at that point, the only thing that can keep it going is the people's belief basically that there's going to be inherent future growth in, in the value of the, of the housing market. Well, you know, even in communist economies, supply and demand uh, come in and at some point the bubble bursts because people, people do realize that, hey, you know, uh, to make it simple, we're a thousand people and there are 10,000 homes. Uh, you could probably, you know, maybe, maybe, the, maybe the, the price should adjust according to that. But basically, the video you're showing also is that there's a lot of nowadays, a lot of half built projects and stuff that are just getting demolished because you had Evergrande and, and so forth. So they, because of the lockdown, uh, you could say that China imposed on itself, uh, it, it caused uh, a lot of ripple effects in the economy. Yeah, but, but they, they were doing this before the lockdown. Like yeah. These buildings. They've been doing that videos. and they've also been doing that. They've demolished and they built new. It's but just at some an point, insane amount. Like they've been doing this for years. <laughs> yeah. Just so basically that's, that's one part of their economy that that's like, like, you know, uh, coming to haunt them is, is this. And the local governments, what they've been doing is that, so in China, you don't have private property in the sense that you would have in, in, in non-communist places. So a, you don't, so, so the city owns or the, 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 the region owns all the, all the land, right? So then they lease that land for say 50 years to a, uh, uh, a developer. So the developer pays X amount of million to have access to that for 50 years. And then they sell the houses. Uh, and uh, then the, the poor normal people are buying these houses basically with a limited life because who knows if the government's going to extend, <laughs> extend the lease once 50 years or whatever is over. So they've been doing this. So they've been selling land and they have this, and they've been using that money to invest back into building more crap. Um, so this is like a, a, a one big area of, of their economy. Mm. The, then you have the other area, which is the in industry itself. Uh, and China has not, for a long time, been a very cheap place to manufacture. Uh, so a lot of these industries that usually move there to be to manufacture have gradually <laughs> realized that hey it's cheaper to manufacture in Vietnam for example so they're moving production out from China into to Vietnam for example uh, mm -hmm. which is uh, causing the the lack of new job creation and, and also for for jobs to to existing jobs to disappear so you have the big Western companies like Apple and whatnot that are moving out from China. Then you hold, uh, so that that's basically going under. 
And then you have uh, the United States, but also the EU and different parts of the world have been getting back at China, you know, increasing tariffs and customs and stuff. So it, they can't uh, imp- ex- export as much to, to the EU as they did because there's not the much as much demand as there was before because the price difference isn't significant. Uh, so that's something that is, is draining the Chinese economy as well. And then China, what China has been doing also is that they've been subsidizing, for example, the reason you could go and buy some crap from eBay uh, and have it cost like shipping five cents. And if you bought something from, say, Germany, uh, the shipping would be 20 euros or whatever. Is that the Chinese government would uh, subsidize shipping, but they would also... Uh, manipulate so there's this international agreement between postal agencies in the world <laughs> which means that if you buy a stamp in Sweden uh, you can send that postcard to you know South Africa without having to you know order South African post stamps and stuff you know from from anywhere so there's mm-hmm. an agreement that a stamp bought in one country will be carried and then they there's this <laughs> system and how the money basically should be divided by uh, from the stamp so you kind of there's credit notes and stuff but china has basically manipulating this system to to send have our our postal offices and stuff basically carry their shit for, for free so yeah. that that's one thing and that's also something that that you know they're not subsidizing as much and, and then you know the international organization are kind of finally catching on on this then you have the Chinese have there they have their Belt and Road Initiative, which is their idea of uh, you know getting their hands on <clears throat> on important national natural resources, but also to gain influence in countries. Yeah, so they've yeah, we been spoke giving about that, uh, me and Alan years ago. Yes, so they've been giving out a lot of loans to Pakistan's and all kind of shithole places that now can't pay so <laughs> so they're, they're kind of you know that money is also lost so so basically you the short answer is that the chinese economy is in in really big trouble <laughs> but you can't just explain it with pointing at one thing you know it, it's yeah. a it, billion some something population it's it's also a very because it's communist <laughs> so the you mean data they're not. Is that what you mean? Huh? Do you mean based? No, communism. There's nothing based <laughs> with communism. <laughs> but anyway, so the thing is that they're not as transparent with data. So usually, you know, you have a rule of thumb: is that if they, if if a country, say say like China, reports uh, growth you can usually deduct a little bit. So if they say 10% growth, their real number is probably around seven or five because that's the way they can, because it's a political game for them in, inside the country as well. Mm. And if they if they say 5% uh, uh, shrinkage of the economy, you can probably add a few percentage points. So maybe the real number is eight or 10. And, and, so usually these economies have been doing bad long before they actually start admitting that, they're, that they, they, their economy has shrunk. 
This is the now China, cities, by the way. Yeah. So now China is actually in a point where they have to publicly, internationally kind of admit that their econo- economy is shrinking and then you can, you know, use the common sense there t- to amplify it. Um, and then you have the third problem is that China doesn't have, you know, they're, they're like the fucking Africans, you know, who never in- invented the wheel mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in the sense that they, you know, they might have high IQ, but they don't seem to have the creative capability. So what they, yeah. what they've been what they've been doing for for decades is to you know have a, a western product manufactured there they, they do copy them and they <laughs> steal technology and stuff but a lot of their ability to to create copies and stuff relies on for example western technology and if that mm-hmm. is yanked out from them they're like yeah, unable they, to be, they don't they have, don't have the, the promethean flame like we have yeah. And th- and that's the wall they basically hit with semiconductors. Is yeah, that exactly now when we pulled all back and and there's a ban on selling the instruments from from Europe from the Netherlands actually <clears throat> uh, to to China. There's no way for them to 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 manufacture the semiconductors they need in, in order to keep going. No, the so high tech very... stuff. Like they can only yeah. do basic stuff. Yeah, they can do crap, basically. That's what yeah. they're good at. You Washing know? machines yeah. and uh, yeah. like calculators. Uh, you know, pencils, you know, McDonald's toys. I, I guess nowadays McDonald's doesn't even have toys. But, you know, that kind of you know, junk, you know, you look mm. at it once, you throw it away. That That's what they're good at. So yeah, that was a very long answer. It's just a big country of dollar store. It's <laughs> China. Yeah. Really nice. that, that that's what it in essence is but but if you look at the chinese economy right like right now or what <laughs> what you can see coming out of it is that you know uh, the chinese banks uh, are in trouble they were actually in trouble long before uh, the the western banks that are now in trouble uh, yeah. but they but that's also it's what, what i was gonna ask like it's all proportional or yeah proportional relative that's what i mean it's all relative like is it worse than in the Western world? By That's far, by far worse, because <laughs> China is a very funny place in the sense that, you know, <laughs> it is communist. They have all these communist things, mm. but but it's very communist. Well, in the same way as the Soviet Union was, it, it, it's very favorable to the political elite. But whereas in the Soviet Union, you actually did have things like free healthcare and stuff. <laughs> China doesn't have that. Like if you get sick, you have to, you have to pay your bills. Mm. So, so in that sense, uh, every European country is more <laughs> communist than China, I guess. Because here you have, uh, have healthcare that doesn't cost an arm and a leg. But, but the way it, it works in China is that why it's so bad is that they have this communist system that is very centralized way of thinking and planning the economy. But at the same time, they have systems that, that basically mean that people kind of need to fend for themselves. So that creates a lot of corruption and, and everything. So there's a lot of money over the years that have been spent in, in pure corruption. It ne- never went anywhere. And now when, when the money basically is needed, it's nowhere to be found. Uh, but then they have, you know, they had the one-child policy that blew up in their face, mm-hmm. and now they're actually actively trying to 
to yeah, get. Th that's another thing. Like people are arguing now. I'm going to be the devil's advocate here, or China's mm. advocate, because you know yeah. stuff that because they have one leader and they have uh, like the leader cast or whatever, but they have one leader. Uh, mm. They can change policy. Like if they need to, they can turn around and change things in a very dramatic way. Whereas in the West, we have democracy and you can't change shit unless you want to become gay. Like, yeah, But that's not completely true because okay. China, <laughs> China has huge political factions. So within the <laughs> Communist Party, you have have actually big factions and that's one of the th you remember when G, uh, Xi Jinping uh, when he was elected to the to his third term yeah there was this video going around when they escorted this one guy out of the, the of the meeting right mm -hmm. so basically he was sitting to the left of Xi Jinping uh, and they basically secret police or whatever came and just you know plucked the guy <laughs> and uh and left just basically dragged him out of there and he was the, the guy dragged out was the leader of one of these big factions so there's big power struggles uh, within the communist party there and some of these factions control different cities you had one, one faction controlling like Shanghai and one Beijing and, and Zhejiang and so forth. Mm. Uh, and they keep on fighting. And, and, and unlike in, in the West, where there's a lot of, you know, uh, political drama and, and gridlocks, uh, they'll actually... State-enforced like homosexuality. Is that what you mean? Yeah, so they, they, they will actually like, you know, burn down buildings and stuff to... to, to hamper uh, the progress of the other fraction yeah but they're traitors aren't they they're going <laughs> against a great leader they should be executed so and and also that the, there's rules in how the communist party should work and it's very very what do you call it uh, uh, fractured and there's a lot of bureaucracy mm. uh, yeah that's another thing that they were saying is that the policies oh, yeah. that the great leader uh, pushes out takes a very long time. Obviously, it's a huge country with billions or over a billion people. It takes a while before his policies become reality. And they can actually be punished for not going with his new policies, even though you know they're not caught up to speed, something like that. It's a very, it's a very like, big boat that to yeah. steer. So the person who, who was left out was Hu Jintao, was the former head of the party. Sent you the link on our channel there, but it's one minute people can see. But basically, this happened uh, during the final uh, vote of if he's going to get reelected <laughs> or not. They just came. There's longer versions, but they just came and... <laughs> like escorts him out and uh, i don't think he's been seen since then he's old man he was probably confused <laughs> no, he, he was sitting yeah <laughs> no no he's just 
an old demented guy who doesn't know what he's doing. But yeah, so you know, it's it's easy to say that that uh, uh, that uh, it's it's basically a one guy system, but it isn't. It's uh, it's it's completely corrupt. Uh, well, it's in your true, true communist fashion. <laughs> it's like you know, the elite, communist elite, are always extremely rich, and they feed off the of the people. That's how communism works. Mm. Yeah, but they're nationalists now, so that means that they're national socialists. No, they're not. Oh, god no. damn. So, yeah, so they're in the shitter, and yeah. the West is in the shitter. Uh, there was Everyone's like, a, in the uh, what was it, a hundred more banks are in the zone? Of collapse. I think it was 200, right? Wasn't it? The 200? Jesus Christ. I think it was. Yeah, I lost that link. But uh, you had the credit uh, Swiss went down. It was bought up uh, by its biggest competitor this week. So that's going to hurt uh, Switzerland as the, having this reputation of being a stable economic, uh, I don't know, Super country where people have their Swiss bank accounts. Mm. Too bad for them. <laughs> so yeah, was it two hundred? Do you have any? I think it was two hundred. I had the. Let's say hundred to two hundred. Uh, yeah, but I think it's. Uh, but these are small banks in America. Or yeah, was it's it like it's, worldwide. Uh, so Nordfront is up uh, more. Two hundred American. Yeah, yeah two hundred yeah. American banks. That's right. So they're going to go the same way as SVB, or might actually, or might actually be bought up. They it's already. Fish. I think it was finalized now. So mm. UBS is gonna buy. Oh no! Okay, Credit Suisse. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, I was talking about the different. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, they did buy that. So now there's one big bank in Switzerland, mm. as I understand it, the UBS. Yeah. Yeah. But it looks like uh, well, it was a Sam Hyde prediction that it's about the big banks eating the smaller banks and we're going to have fewer banks and more powerful banks coming out of this. Because yeah, what's happened I, here, what's interesting here is that they don't want to do the typical bailout with tax money. They're using banks to get out of this mm. and they're giving them banks more power. They're giving them more they're, of they're, a... They're, Cartel monopoly. Kind of thing. Well, <laughs> they're giving government uh, guarantees, like central bank guarantees and mm. stuff. But but the thing is that small banks are more popular than ever. So uh, <laughs> you have more and more. Like look in Sweden, you have everything from fucking Ica Bank into <laughs> the Muslim Bank. Like, and that's a, that's a, that's a trend you see in 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 most western countries is that the the number of small banks are increasing and the bigger banks uh, are fewer like mm. uh, so so in a sense it's that the big ones are are kind of eating one another but but it's becoming but, more popular but are they owned banks. by bigger banks or do they own themselves no, no? they own themselves 
Mm. So like a credit union, for example, it's, uh, um, well, I, I bank at a credit union. Uh, they're very popular in the US as well. So it's basically, uh, I think in Swedish, Andelslag. So it's like, uh, it's like a, co- a corporation where the customers own the, own the, own the company. So they don't strive for, for profit in the same way as a normal corporation would do. And, uh, they also, uh, you know, they pay back whatever, like if they make profit, whatever they don't need to reinvest into, to make better services, stuff that should be <laughs> paid up back to the customers. Right. Um, so they, they're becoming more and more popular uh, as well. Uh, so, and that's basically very much uh, going down to local level. So you would have, a, you know, a credit union that covers one state or one few counties in the U.S. or or one country in Europe might have a few different credit unions. Are uh, there any national socialist small banks out there? Oh, I guess you could create one. That would be interesting. That would yeah. definitely. Be. I mean, there's no like if you've created a bank. Yeah. W- w- because I see these small banks. There are banks like that are completely online as well. You just register mm. online and you got a bank account, oh. and you can do Bitcoin and crypto and shit on them as well. What stops them from being like politically incorrect? Like, how can they be shut down if they're their own bank? <laughs> Who shuts them down? Central bank, baby. But, but like, a credit union is basically a very national socialist concept in that sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, like, if you, if, if you look at the, 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 the fundamental principle of a credit union, uh, it is that, you know, it, it, its aim is to promote the, the, the well-being of its members. <laughs> so by uh, so everyone who buys a stake in the credit union or, or banks with a credit union or something, they are mutual beneficiaries. Uh, <laughs> they are more willing to give out loans that 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 uh, uh, aren't uh, don't have a lot of you know, Jewy costs associated to it, <laughs> but they're also going to be more restrictive in giving risky loans because there's more uh, incentive to to make sure that the, the credit union survives. So it, it's 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 in a way you could say a socialized form of of banking, right? So that if if uh, you would have uh, ten thousand national socialists that create a credit union it is that i agree that my savings in this credit union can be used to partially loan you money for for building your sauna <laughs> as, mm. as long as you pay it back right as long so, as i build it it's kind yeah. Of nice. yeah that sounds good sounds good uh, some other things about this, uh, just quickly. We obviously know about Putin uh, hanging out with Jinping this uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Today he's going to hang out as well. He's probably going home today. And they're making deals. 
And then that's the, that's the question, like, are the Russian economy and the Chinese economy stronger than the American and the West at no. this point? You don't think so? No, not even by, uh, <laughs> with all the inherent uh, flaws and stuff, uh, no, not, they don't even come So close. you don't think that they'll inherit the earth after this? No. All right. I'm going to wager the other side, so we'll make it exciting. I'll be on communist side, just for fun. I'm not a communist. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we'll see what happens. Because I, I don't know. I have no idea. I just know that uh, it's not looking good uh, for our side. That's for sure. It's not looking good for, <laughs> for any side, but it's because there's been a globe, like what the Chinese have been doing uh, when it comes to... Uh, when it comes to to you know investing and and you know fiddling with the economy that's we've also been doing it by printing money <clears throat> but the 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 thing is that for all its flaws the the western or let's call it the the, the jewish uh monetary system still has <clears throat> it, it has more pressure valves uh, and because there's obviously we've all seen the bailouts of banks and stuff but but the thing is that there's still a lot more room for uh, bankruptcies and, and bankruptcies are usually something western economies allow for and that basically means uh, that the, the elimination of bad credit because the, the, the people who lent money to someone who went bankrupt are left licking their fingers, right? Uh, but in a system where you don't really have room for bankruptcies and stuff, the bad debt kind of in simplified ways never goes away. But yeah, the, the Western economy, uh, so the Western economy is like twice the size of like the economy of India and China and them put together. So mm. yeah. Well, I I don't know. But, but what about Russia? Can you be uh, objective talking about Russian yeah. economy or is it just pure hate? Well, <laughs> numbers, you know, numbers are numbers. Uh, um, the, but are the they stable the... like right now compared no. to whatever is going on in America? No, we just don't have as much insight. But, but the thing is that if you imagine a, a economy like Russia, right? Mm. They still have to run things uh, like uh, medical, uh, internet, phone network, telecoms, roads, you name mm. it. That still has to, to happen. Russia doesn't produce anything of that. They don't have the, the you know, the, just the simple medicines are, are running, running out because they never created the skills or never care to bother to get the technology or know-how they were busy um, being communists yeah so so they so so there's that and then also like you know they're pouring bucket loads of money uh, into ukraine mm. and the only reason the ruble so are we uh, for some reason yes but then again like it's russia which is versus their whole western economy mm -hmm. which is twice the size of russia and china and india even japan if you throw japan and a few other countries it's still twice as big 
so so Russia just in economic sense Russia doesn't have a chance uh, in pure monetary terms in, in this conflict <clears throat> um, I mean it, it can still decide to nuke things uh, <laughs> so so it's got that going for it but and then the ruble for example I mean the only reason it kind of gained background and 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 stayed uh, away from complete collapse is basically because they artificially banned people from from trading uh, in ru- trading rubles and they you know their companies weren't even allowed to exit Russia in the same way so the outflow of uh, the demand for rubles stayed higher than it naturally would have Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then you have like even not even it like their their so-called friends the Chinese, <laughs> they're not even selling to to Russia. Like you have a lot of comp- Chinese companies who've either pulled out from Russia or refusing to sell to Russia because they're looking at it uh, from a business perspective that if we sell to Russia, we become uh, sanction avoiders, which would close their products from being sold in Europe and the US and in every other country that is sanctioning Russia. So mm-hmm. they're not even wanting to, like, even not even the Chinese want to sell to Russia. Uh, they're, you know, crap. Uh, so, so like in whatever way you, you look at it, and then you look at it, the, the massive bulk of the Russian economy comes from natural resources like oil and gas and stuff. Mm-hmm. No one is, but like their biggest customer of gas <laughs> was europe there's yeah. like i think one or two pipelines that go but now he's making these china. deals with china and whoever yeah china but the chinese but china isn't stupid like they're never gonna like russia has the problem that a lot of their uh, oil wells are in 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 the permafrost region right mm. so unlike in tempered like where you have warm weather or tempered uh, you can actually shut down an oil well <laughs> and basically continue and pumping when 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 the price is right the problem is that you can't do that uh, with oil wells in the permafrost because once you do it the 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 wells so to speak <laughs> clog up and the last time russia did this was when the soviet union fell they they actually closed down oil wells and it took like uh, almost 20 years to get them all back operational so Mm -hmm. china knows that russia has an excess of oil that it can't sell fucking anywhere so the indians have been buying it for for super low prices but uh not paying market price uh and there's only so much even india and 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 china can buy of russian oil uh, because you know they're not going to consume as much as is being produced, so they can't bring in revenue from from that. And gas they can't really sell because Europe isn't buying anymore. So so like, and then you have of course they have irons and nickels and and, and uh, all all kinds of materials that <clears throat> some are still being being sold. Like I, I and petroleum byproducts like bitium. Uh, which is used to cre- create roads like the the black tarry stuff mm. a lot of that comes from russia that's not no one's buying that like even the most rudimentary 
natural resources they have aren't being bought by anyone and if they're being bought is being bought by Africa and those kind of countries who are definitely not paying what the, the, the West were paying. So their economy is hemorrhaging money in Ukraine at the same time as they can't sell as much crap as they used to, mm -hmm. to, to make up the difference. So it doesn't matter if you hate Russia or not, uh, you know, it's but you just don't think they were hurting more from not dealing with Russia than Russia is hurting? No, because uh, look at the so-called the, the energy crisis. Like, yes, it, it uh, the prices went up in Europe for sure. But I do you know anyone who was sitting at home freezing? <laughs> Probably in England and Germany. Uh, not even there. Most like even nineteen degrees. Like you can still make it make your day. Like. It, it caused problems, but it wasn't a total collapse. And, and Germany... Yeah, but they're saying that Germany had gas, but they don't have it for next winter. No, but they've already bought more gas from elsewhere. So they're, they're getting more expensive gas in, in the mm. form of LNG and stuff. Okay. So, so the thing is that no matter kind of how you twist and turn it is that Russia is spending more money than, than it is getting in. So Russia is going to collapse. Is that what we're saying? The economy is gonna be shit. It's not gonna. It, it's it, like if somebody spends more than they're earning, it, it's self-evident. Yeah. So either they need to cut their spending so that it matches their revenue, which they basically, if they keep on doing what they do in Ukraine and and you know pumping in you know millions upon millions, mm -hmm. I guess a day. How are you gonna? So they either they need to stop that, which I don't think. Putin yeah, but the thing Putin is, who is, is even doing do. that? Like, who, who is making more money than they're spending? No one. Everyone's in fucking debt. Like, America is plus 30 trillion in debt. And yeah, Sweden, but... since <laughs> Corona shit, we yes, have yes. insane but, inflation. It's like... But I got... We have inflation, but inflation is also a mechanism to, to, to reduce debt, right? Because if the value of the the currency or the money decreases so does the the, the so-called the, 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 <laughs> the weight the of the loan yeah right and and the thing is that even if the u.s for example has a completely bonkers fucking debts right <laughs> it still has a very diversified economy which allows it to to produce money but the problem is that, that it can still serve its loans. So as long as you can serve its loans, you can make it work. But Russia is in a situation where it cannot really serve its loans. And because of some a lot of their foreign forex reserves that they had stupidly left outside of Russia when they started to do their thing have been frozen, so they already had to to not be they're already not been able to pay some of those things mm. and once you don't pay loans basically you default on them <laughs> which means that you're not going to be able to get new loans and the way big corporations and banks and so forth is that you roll the loan so you 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 take you borrow a million that expires in a year and then you pay off and then when the year comes on you take another loan for a million you that is valid for one year and you pay back the old loan. So you keep on circulating the loans, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. But if no one is willing to lend you because you defaulted on loans, then you can't do that. No. So that's the, like, 
I guess like if Russia just, you know, pulled out of Ukraine and Putin died and something <laughs> and the sanctions <laughs> sanctions were lifted. Yeah. Sanctions were lifted, they they yeah. they could probably turn it around pretty quickly because uh people would be pretty happy to buy their gas and their their stuff. Yeah. They did but present think, yeah. uh, in their talks. They had a 12-point peace plan that they were talking about. Yeah. And there's five points here from the peace plan. It says, uh, starting uh, peace talks, uh, ceasefire, point two, uh, a securing of war zones, uh, nuclear powers. That's something they discussed a lot as well, uh, mm -hmm. nuclear power, both in Russia and uh, China. And then uh, a creating of humanitarian corridors for the evacuation of civilians. And then uh, getting rid of the economic sanctions against Russia. Is uh, I think it's uh, Xi Jinping's uh, peace plan. Maybe it's both of them that uh, had that peace I think plan. it was the so-called Chinese peace plan. But, mm, but yeah. it's never going to work because... Uh, as long as Putin is in power, I don't see that that kind of happening. And also, there's no mention of of returning Crimea and all that that you know the conflict that <clears throat> conflicted geographical areas back to back to Ukraine. There, there's a lot of things there that you know. Why would they agree? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um... But, but for me, like the more interesting one, like the, we've already seen the Ukraine thing, kind of play out uh, most of it i mean still ongoing and anything can happen but i'm more interested in the what's going to happen there around taiwan and stuff because i mean one saving factor for russia would be if if the us got embroiled in a in an actual armed conflict with china because that that would mean that there's not going to be as much uh, weaponry and stuff going into to Ukraine. Like if you look at, yes, European countries have been giving military aid to, to Ukraine, but the, the huge bulk of it has been the U.S. Granted, the U.S. has been giving a lot of the weaponry and stuff that has already kind of been decommissioned, so it's not in the current stuff. But that would also put economic strains <clears throat> on that. But I, I doubt the Chinese... Uh, kind of have the balls <laughs> uh, to, to do it quite frankly because or i go think to war. yeah because well, i if, think if yeah. if, uh, if uh, they were allied with russia and maybe iran going to war yeah. against the american empire yeah the problem NATO, is that <laughs> yeah, the, the, the problem is for, for the chinese this is just me speculating i have no yeah let's war game let's see what but <laughs> The thing is that, you know, before the Ukraine war started, there was pretty much international even consensus that the Russian military, Russian army was the so-called second army of the world, mm -hmm. like the, the second best, second most powerful, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, once shit hit the fan, it, it pretty much was a paper tiger. <laughs> you know, corruption, they have been, you know, telling on paper that we're buying these good tires to our vehicles but they buy chinese crap and then the officers pocketed the rest and you know mm. nothing worked basically and china is a country with a shit ton of corruption all this kind of systematic communist issues so my th 
theory is that I think that Xi Jinping, for example, is very much afraid that the situation in the Chinese army and stuff is pretty much the same, that it looks good on paper. They have a lot of crap, but how good is it actually? How much of it is actually working? How much money have the officers and stuff been pocketing themselves? So I think the the war in Ukraine kind of also worked as a maybe a wake up call for for him being like, oh shit, if things were this bad in, in Russia, it could also be this bad here. So I think that's something that is in the back of the the minds of the, the Chinese. Mm. Well, it's interesting. Uh, yeah. So AG's donations uh, have paid off half an episode mm. of uh, Chinese economy uh, prep. Very nice. I think the conclusion is that China's based and they're going to win the war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but let's uh, let's uh, digest this information with some based rap and uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. All right. You could buy me with the club, hunting down Mark Zuckerberg to stick him up. Whoa to any crackhead hole that tries to interrupt. Looking for the jams, good. This is where you get them, bub. Find a site besides YouTube, cause soon it's getting scrubbed. Everybody knows me, even the ADL. So it ain't just the fans who study me in great detail. Even though they misquoted half the shit I said, it left me dead. Inbred, dead, written, internet, and get your feds. Almost as pathetic as those redditors in infrared. Bullets still come free, step in line and get your bread. Snapping on a beat like a politician's neck in a noose. So fire, but your satire, silly goose. Can't Shut me down unless you go mask off I bet you won't pass laws about speech or it'll blast off How's it feel to know that you already lost the culture war? You got support of getting more was nothing but a daily chore Was a joke turned out to be a great one Black sun boys, every one of them is Nate's son 3.0 is the move, fags disapprove Kinda hard to hear them when they're getting physically removed Thought it was a joke turned out to be a great one Black sun boys, every one of them is Nate's son 3.0 is the move, fags disapprove Kinda hard to hear them when they're getting physically removed All I wanna do today is bully all the Jews and gays And anybody else I hate bold enough to show his face or her face I ain't afraid to bitch slap a slut Take a shit from nobody, yeah that's right honey You've had enough, fuck that, fuck this Trayvon, rest in piss Record execs wishing they could go back and invest in this Sit late now, I've been remodeled, full throttle Got lib shits begging to go back to Tom McDonald Happiness is nothing but an MG42 Wet a set of bloody knuckles after beating reds, black and blue No face been great since coming out the gate Propaganda ministers, the title you can call me mate Owned her kittens since I was a kinder Fucking everybody's minded, never bothering to take him out for dinner I consider this child's play, put me on trial That'll just kick back, laughing with a smile, I'll say Was a joke turned out to be a great one. Black sun boys, every one of them is Nate's son. 3.0 is the move, fags disapprove. Kinda hard to hear them when they're getting physically removed. Thought it was a joke turned out to be a great one. Black sun boys, every one of them is Nate's son. 3.0 is the move, fags disapprove. Kinda hard to hear them when they're getting physically removed. No face, Nate, once again, once again. Will their eyes all day, once again, once again. 3.0, once again, once again. Shadow Rob Ronda, once again, yes. Yo, this is Rob Rondo here from Will to Rise. You're listening to the Nordic Frontier, the final solution to all your podcast problems.
a lot of shilling for Rob Ronda there, but it's uh, good stuff. We're back and... We are white. And we're heading into the second uh, section of the show. We had some questions coming in. There was one unpaid question uh, that I'm going to answer, even though there was no shekels attached. He asked if uh, Tukakuru uh, is coming on the show again and tukakuru is not some exotic finnish curry dish even though it sounds delicious he is the leader of the black and blue movement that is currently running in the finnish election that is yeah. set due in april this year yeah i was just gonna say that uh, <laughs> right now he's probably very very busy yes but he, he uh, i've been talking to him so hopefully yeah. uh, we'll we'll set something up and uh, talk to him he, he did a debate the other day yeah, uh, I actually watched it. it was good. Yeah, I would love some subtitles on that because it seemed really, really good. Uh, he was memed yeah. on Twitter for, <laughs> like, this feminist was accusing him of being a racist. <laughs> <laughs> he said, yes. And, uh, but it, that's great. As much as I don't like the, the, the public service uh, <laughs> in Finland either, but mm-hmm. you got to give them credit compared to Sweden is that yes. they actually invite the small parties, <laughs> the, the small parties to to have their own. So they have basically for for the uh, those who don't know. So there's like you know the main debate you could say where you have the biggest parties mm-hmm. <laughs> present, but they also have like a a or it's like the question hour basic. So they have one for the small parties where they ask the representatives to answer their stance on specific sets of questions and then they have a similar one with the major parties but in most like in sweden i think they only do one for the major parties mm. yeah yeah they do and they would never invite someone like us on no. national tv so <laughs> it was great you had in that debate you had the pirate party feminist party some fucking hippie guy <laughs> there was some tranny looking guy <laughs> yeah it was crazy. The palette was like complete. It was, it was beautiful. Uh, so we have some paid questions here or comments. Uh, we had some uh, what's that, uh, Odyssey coins or Odyssey tokens from Salty. He says swastika. Pretty amazing. We had AG coming in with his weekly dono. He says, sadly, no high donation today. I spent it all on ketchup and milk. It's good. Good diet. <laughs> Uh, one question to Mike. I talked with Andreas about it. Remember? Yeah, that's okay. the economy yeah. bit. Yes, we covered that. Very nice. He says, P.S. I'm going to celebrate two birthdays in April. 18th is Uncle A. 19th is my <coughs> birthday. Uncle A is 20th. Pretty sure. Uh, 420. That's the word. That's why the hippies try to steal it from us with their blunt smoking. Uh I don't know, is that something people are aware of? That uh, you're supposed to smoke a joint at uh, 420 every day? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do these, these uh, speaking of these uh, Odyssey coins, how do they even work? I don't think they work anymore. They pretty much tanked them. I The last time I saw them, they were around 10 cents, actually. They might be on their way up because they had that uh, legal uh, trouble uh, yeah. for having the crypto. And they lost that trial. Like, 
according to their message. I don't know what losing meant, but they lost that trial. So I'm guessing that the token is pretty much dead. But but uh, then you have like Brave Coin. Uh, yeah, that's still running for for the Brave browser. Okay. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I see. I have no idea why it was a problem to have their own crypto. Everyone has a fucking crypto. There's nigger coin out there. So I mean, <laughs> come on. How how solid could that be? Uh, so we had 13 one of these uh, tokens uh, from Zarathustra. He says, people like Joel Davis are consistently proven correct about the center-right parties like the Sweden Democrats. They exist only to take European working class dis- discontent and misdirect it into system-friendly policies that reinforce the status quo. The center-right is not your friend. Yeah, I would say that Joel Davis is a good guy, uh, doing some good work. Uh, but this is what we have been saying consistently uh, ever since we started the show. And they're kosher nationalists uh, that are funneling the rage against the uh, great replacement uh, into shitty policies like the Sweden course. You know, that's what we're supposed to put our hope to. The Sweden course is going to solve our problems. I just sorry for for completely yep. derailing. <laughs> yeah, derail. I was looking into this library coin, and in the Wikipedia, that we're mentioned here. Are we mentioned uh, in their uh, the con- content? <laughs> no, in the Wikipedia here, content and users. It says something, something, something. Meeting white nationalist and anti-Semitic, uh, like neo south Nazi, Nordic resistance movement. <laughs> wow well we have been using the coins i mean it's a good system for boosting content like it was just like mines was back in the day when we were on mines although mines sucked it's supposed to boost content and you know you buy uh, these urls for your live streams and your episodes with the coins so i think you said that uh, when this uh, whole project started is that well then technically some fucking guy can come and buy all the yeah. the important urls uh, later on but i don't know how that works if you can actually like force it force yeah. buy someone's <coughs> url seems kind of corrupt it's, it's a jewish system because like say that you create a brand right uh, say we, we would have uh, odyssey what is it slash nordic frontier or something mm. Or the username, right? Mm. Somebody comes and buys, pays one chingamading more, then you would have to go and pay one more to get it back. Mm. So somebody with just for the lols could could keep on annoying. Yeah, but I think they would get like an error message if they tried to create the same URL. I think. Yeah, but I thought you could. You have to like they can buy it. Yeah, that, that's what I don't know if you can actually buy it. But mm. when you create a url like for example this episode has a url uh, then i put like 10 library coins on that url so that's how much is on it but i don't know how i go about purchasing someone else's url so so we actually use this library thing yeah you have to use them to upload content so and the more you use supposedly the more boosted your content is all right, so if you don't have any, but you can't buy new ones. So if you're a new user, you shit out of luck. <laughs> you can buy. If you go into the economy I tab. I checked here. It says 
buy credits. Oh. Sorry, the service is currently unavailable. Oh, okay, yes. Buying them, yes. You have to use the platform to earn the, the credits then. Yeah, like watching content, subbing to content, creating content will um, give you some... Uh, all right, so we had one more donation from Scaredy Cat. Once again, $99. Very nice. Thank you very much. Uh, she says, Dear Andreas, sorrowfully, this is my last hurrah for $99. I'll return my to my small contribution now. The reason is I'm part of the $1 trillion credit card debt of Americans. On average, that means... $3,000 equals is owned by each man, woman, and child baby in the U.S. to Jew bankers, not even counting future interest. And I'm sorry to hear that you are affected by the current crisis. That is shitty for the stream and shitty for your private economy. For sure. But we obviously appreciate the smallest donation that you can give us. But other people should step up now that Scaredy Cat is in trouble. You need to pay us yeah, more and money. And AG has proven that you can buy a whole episode for just a few hundred dollars. <laughs> we can say whatever you want. <laughs> it's not expensive. <laughs> We're for sale. Yes. No, but I, and, and the thing is that it shouldn't be about the, the amount. It's the... It's the thought um, that counts. That's yeah. what you buy stuff with. The thought, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Now, the... No, it's not about the amount. It's an, um, the amount of people that uh, support the the stream and the movement, for sure. So we have this week's uh, Scott Adams that we can uh, blow out of the water. Uh, he's been going hot and heavy on YouTube. He's still on YouTube, as far as I know. Uh, he's got a problem with blacks. I don't know what his deal is, but uh, he's going to explain. <laughs> this is some clips uh, from his recent stream. If your problem with me is... Wrong video. Well, uh, take the other video. Uh, unless it's the same video, then we really have problems. There, there's okay. something completely broken here. And the problem is that white men, in particular, are just shutting the fuck up. Because you're afraid of getting fired, afraid of getting cancelled. I think everything's gone too far. I think that the anti-white movement is just so grotesque and so bad for the country that it's time that black America finds out you went too far. Black America, you went too fucking far. I think I'm one of the canaries in the coal mine in this situation. Mm. It's just too far. And I think it's time to throw down the gauntlet. We would not hire these people. And I think that we've reached a point where everything is now too far because there was no stopping it. And the reason it went too far is that white men... We're afraid to say anything. That's it. That's the whole story. White men were afraid to say anything because the penalty was too high. Well, fuck everybody. The penalty is too high, but I said it anyway. But the purpose is to make a change, a change that would be good for everybody. Not just good for me, because there's nothing that's going to help me. Right? I've, I've sacrificed myself to the, <laughs> to the system at this point. So it's not about me, but... If you're okay with where things are going, stay silent. If you're not, just say you wouldn't hire these people. Mm. Speaking of blacks, then, I guess. Um, yeah, there's a few things that annoys me with a person like this. Uh, obviously, what he's saying is true and what he's doing is good, you know. But to, to 
to title yourself as the canary in the coal mine when people like, uh, I don't know, George Lincoln Rockwell and William Pierce have been talking about this decades, decades ago, the black crimes, the violence that black people have uh, wrought on white people since since but, but, the... Uh, yeah. But that's the thing. Uh, Rockwell and they came with from a, a race race uh, race realist perspective right mm. he isn't like he says it's gone too far it's detrimental for the country so his stance is that he he's coming out from a non-racist mm. uh, starting so. point <laughs> and he is still not racialist he's just saying that you know maybe we should segregate and stuff but he, he's like so in a way he is the canary, you could call that he's the canary in the coal, coal mine for your average cockaroos, you know? Yeah. Because he still doesn't but get... at the same the... time, <laughs> at the same time, like when I came to this, I made yeah. sure that I did my research. I yeah. looked into every single person that has said the exact same thing that I'm thinking mm -hmm. right now before me, before I speak up and call yeah, myself not a, a fucking original. You know, I hate people that think that they're original. They don't exist. Like like Hitler, <laughs> he was the original, and there was a few others. <clears throat> well, Hitler and, wasn't really and, original. No, and even either. him, <laughs> you know, has his, you know, ideas from from sources. He, did, like, he came into the party. He wasn't the first one. So, but yeah, but he made it what it was. With... Come on, he came into huh? a fucking shit party. He made it great. Yeah, yeah, but but I mean... like it depends on how granular granular you want to get. But I get your point. But but at the same time, I think how many other cock cockies who who still believe that uh, race realism is bad mm. go out and say this stuff. I, I don't know many. Yeah, no. no because... uh, what do you mean that what he's doing is like? Yeah, because he, otherwise he wouldn't say it's bad for the country and stuff. No, exactly. So, so he's clearly still off the stance that that of this, you know, uh, let's sing Kumbaya. That's where he's coming from, and he's basically said that they're gone too far. We should segregate. But he still fundamentally, I think, believes that that racism that there are no races and you exactly. know all that jazz. Yeah. So he, he would say that the only problem is that black people don't like white people because yeah. there's like an anti-white bias in the media or whatever. And if we just yeah. change that, then we could live happily ever after because it's just a misunderstanding. This insane violence on white people, it's just a misunderstanding uh, from the black side. But I think it, it, it also makes it more important what, that we support people like him because the more of these kumbaya kind of guys we can get to fucking understand the issue and and think just imagine the thing that that we get enough of these people <laughs> that we would start segregating again for example that's a huge movement of of the mm. overton window and then suddenly what we're saying isn't going much further. No. So, so in a way, the, the more people like him come and the more that becomes normalized, the better it is for, for our, our stats.
Yeah, people would start feeling safe again. They yeah. would have all these, you know, innate benefits from living among yeah. their own people. And they'd be like, oh, wow, I yeah. didn't know it was so great. <laughs> Being yeah. a racist really paid off. Yeah. yeah. And then you have this other video you can have a look at. If your problem with me is that I'm white and that I'm male, I'm done. I'm not going to pretend anymore that I like you. Stay the fuck away from me. I'm done. You can call me a racist all day long. I'm out of your little fucking prison. I'm a free man. And I'm dangerous now. The whole woke movement is a backward, stupid, anti-success, anti-white movement. I'm completely done with it. I have no patience for it whatsoever. Scott, what's it like being canceled and being labeled a racist? No fucking different from being a Trump supporter. It's exactly like being a Trump supporter. For the last several years, I was also uncomfortable being around anybody black. Well, fuck you and fuck everybody else. White people are fucking done. White men in particular. So that is pretty based. That sounds pretty cool. Like, uh, he, he is meme worthy. I'll say that for now. This guy is... Uh, uh, what's that called? Like, you have my blessings memeing this guy. He he is A-OK. -okay. Like, memeing Trump, memeing the Sweden Democrats, all that shit. That's backwards and uh, demoralizing. But Scott Adams is still uh, good enough. Yeah, we, we should definitely not be negging here um, that this, this is a good thing. But I can't remember. I think it was one of our guests uh, who said it. Was it Blair? Maybe, maybe, maybe it was him. But it was one of our guests, I think, who said it. I read it in Telegram. But it was somebody basically said that that we're gone so far in this uh, <clears throat> this current state of things, right? That that uh, the 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 people running the show, the the chosenites, mm -hmm. are realizing that that we've gone too far, and that the next step is to really back in and and you know you, we're gonna see more of these uh, from a kosher onset coming you know pro-white pro you know anti-feminist that that kind of thing take hold and become the the, the new culture kind of uh I don't know if it was him. I'm pretty sure it was one of our guests who spoke about it or said mm. something along those lines. But it it makes sense, and I mean, this would be the perfect example of it. Yeah, it seems inevitable that this, but it it has to have the right rhetoric. Like it needs to be at least on this level. Like it, yeah. it can't be softer than this because then you're pedaling backwards again. Yeah. So. It's good stuff. We'll we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on Scott Adams for the following weeks uh, when he loses his YouTube channel <laughs> and his bank accounts. Then we know he's the real deal. Yeah. All right. So the next topic I wanted to talk about is uh, National Socialist uh, apologisms or whatever apologisms and Hitler redeemisms that we might get into. And this is followed from a post uh, by Pox Populi. And I haven't followed this guy at all. I looked at some of his stuff earlier today and uh, when I found this post as well. So it's nothing against him at all. It's just brought a thought into my mind. And I had actually the thought maybe the day before and I posted this uh, meme 
on uh, it was a 4chan post in Tiva's comfy corner that I've also linked in the show notes that I'm going to read from uh, in a bit but it, it, we'll start the topic uh, with Pox uh, Populi's uh, post here let's see if we can bring it up on the weebs so he says I'm not a Nazi apologist or a Hitler redeemer I wholeheartedly wish we could move on from World War II. I wish we didn't have to argue against Steven Spielberg's version of history and boomer truth. But the fact is, World War II and the 1930s Germans are used as a cudgel to beat all Europeans and to prevent us from protecting our nations and taking our own side. That's why we can't move on. And it's incredibly tiresome, particularly because it keeps us in the libtard commie moral framework and encourages anti-social spurgs in nationalist circles to play the Hollywood Nazi. Ultimately, though, I'm just annoyed at people, especially people who act so smug, calling themselves truth-seekers, but who are unwilling or uninterested in asking the questions a real truth-seeker would ask. And uh, it is correct, what he's saying in this post. And... It is something that has been on my mind lately and ever since I became a National Socialist. Because when I found out the truth about World War Two and Hitler, I kind of went on a crusade to redeem Hitler and National Socialism for the rest of my life. And yeah, I guess I'm still on that crusade, doing this show and being a, <laughs> yeah. a member of the movement but I feel like, and obviously my comrades feel the same, is that if we can't get past this hurdle, we're not going to go anywhere. That's why we look at people like Scott Adams and we judge him by his statements and how he expresses himself. And we notice that, well, at least in his videos, he's not talking about the Jews. You know, it's the missing link there, the missing puzzle piece in his... Uh, solving the world puzzle that he's laying and we already have that piece we've always had that piece in our national socialist arsenal we're always ready to lay the jew piece into every single puzzle when we find a problem <laughs> you know and uh, 99 out of 100 it fits uh, perfectly snug uh, in there that's why we are national socialists and truth seekers at the same time they kind of go hand in hand because that's where I come from. The truth-seeking led me to National Socialism and here we are today. So he's perfectly correct that even if we wanted to step past this, we can't. We have to go through this. But, and there are some posts here I can actually bring up uh, in a bit. Maybe you want to give a comment on that if you had some... No, no, go ahead. All right, so we had some uh, tweets here f that he posted in his posts that I can bring up a little bit bigger on the screen. And this one says from Spectre, uh, from TRS, he says, If you survey all the worst people doing all the worst things, pedophiles, vulture capitalists, Antifa goons, neocons, globalists, groomers, wooketeers... They all tell you the thing they fear the most is Nazis. Maybe it's time to reconsider who the good guys are. Mm. That's right. Yeah. And then 
I have to bring that back. I mean, there's in the in the message to the first one, like there's a lot of uh, good uh, things in it, like, but at the same time, I don't know, it's something about it rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, but it's trying, like, the thing is, I don't even have the the wish to move past World War II. <laughs> I want everyone to feel my pain, you know, about World War II and Hitler until they all know the truth. So I, I've never had... Uh, well, I'll, I'll get into it after these tweets. So the next one is a right-winger on Twitter saying, Most people's entire worldview is based on two fundamental lies. All men are created equal, including women and all races. Two, the good guys won World War II and told the truth about what happened. For argument's sake, just pretend these two statements aren't true. Now notice how the entire world makes sense. Well put. Yeah, that is very good. That's very good. And that's something that I said uh, during the election when I had my, my other Twitter account before that was banned. Uh, because I was tweeting a lot in Swedish, uh, trying to reach uh, the Swedish uh, nationalist sphere on Twitter. And it's the boomer kosher right as well. It's hard work, I know, but someone has to do it. And one of the tweets was... Uh, because they all know that the mainstream media lie all the time about everything. They lie about what happened during COVID, for example, using that as an example. And they'll lie about everything to do with mass immigration and uh, all the rapes and the shootings. Why would they tell the truth about Hitler? Why would they tell the truth about World War II? And even if you think that they might, do you have the balls, like he was saying, to investigate that? Or... No, I think uh, most of them don't. And that's why they don't question it further than mainstream media lies about, I don't know, the world being flat. So you got Moo Moo Cow saying on Twitter, why you can't have a country explained, colon. Have a country equals nationalism. Nationalism equals like the Nazis. The Nazis equals did the Holocaust. The Holocaust equals... You can't quite, sorry, you can't question it or Jews attack you and you lose your job or you go to jail. Yes. That's what happens when you have a, even a populist nationalist uprising. Then you have, oh my God, we can't have white people organizing because that's like another Shoah. So you're either going to be deplatformed, debanked, uh, debunked, and then you're going to go to jail if you continue, like uh, Golden Dawn style, something similar, like 10 years for nothing. So that's very much true. So that's where we are. There are a lot of people realizing the truth about World War II, but there are those that want to step over it, and they want to create something new. They'll tell you that, well, it's not the 1930s anymore. We can't have National Socialism because it's dated. We have to come up with something new, some new uh, revolutionary thought that's going to bring the fire into the people's minds and uh, you know, ignite that revolutionary spirit. And the truth is that National Socialism has everything you need. 
So then a comrade was linking this uh, this clip. It's just, you know, synchronicity. I love it. It just happens sometimes. Like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about tomorrow. And then just clip comes into my face. <laughs> so this clip is from uh, a Danish movie with uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Is that his name? I think so. Uh, oh, man. What was it called now? People kept uh, telling me. I think it's called One More Round. Yeah, I think it's called One More Round. Uh, I will confirm in uh, one second. Another round, yes, from 2020, Danish movie. So this is this clip is in Danish. Once again, if you're watching the stream, you can watch the subtitles. But we'll talk about what he's saying in this clip. It's very interesting. So uh, let's uh, have a look. God, Josef, prøv at høre. Der er valg. Og der er tre kandidater at vælge mellem. Hvem vil du stemme på? Er du med? Ja, jeg er med. Godt. Den første. Han er delvis lammet af polio. Han har for højt blodtryk. Han lider blodmangel. Han har i det hele taget en perlerække af meget alvorlige sygdomme. Så lyver han, hvis det passer i hans kram. Og øh, han spørger en astrolog til råds, om det er mest af sin politik. Han er kone utro, han kæderyger, og så drikker han alt for mange matinier. Næste, nummer to. Han er overvægtig. Han har allerede tabt tre valg. Han har øh, haft en depression. Han har haft to hjertetilfælde. Han øh, er helt umuligt at arbejde sammen med enrådig. Så ryger han cigaren non-stop. Og hver aften, inden han går i seng, så bæler han utrolige mængder af champagne, cognac, portvin, whisky og så lige inden han sover. To sovepiller. Den sidste, mine damer her, nummer tre. Han øh, er en højt dekoreret krigshelt. Han øh, behandler kvinder med respekt. Han elsker dyr, han ryger aldrig, og han drikker kun en enkelt øl en sjældent gang imellem. Josef, hvem vil du stemme på? Den sidste. Den sidste? Nummer tre? Ja. Okay. Og hvad siger de andre? Nummer Godt, for I har lige fravalgt... Franklin D. Roosevelt, Winston L. Churchill, men til gengæld har I valgt, oh, Gud skal takke lov for det, ham her. So, shortly explained uh, what he was talking about. He was doing an experiment in his history class, uh, teaching them about politics. And uh, he had three candidates that they got to vote for. Uh, one was a... Uh, partly par paralyzed uh, person with polio uh, and he was a uh, chain smoker yeah chain smoker and uh, yeah adult adulterer yes and the other one was an overweight alcoholic that was impossible <laughs> to work with the chain smokes uh, cigars and the third one he loves animals he treats women with respect <laughs> you know and uh, they all chose uh, candidate number three And he said, yeah, well, you dismissed Roosevelt and uh, Churchill and you chose Hitler. And from an ob objective point of view, that's what happens every single time. When you think yeah. about uh, Hitler and National Socialism, when you describe National Socialism without calling it National Socialism, it seems like paradise. And it just seems too good to be true. And it's not. That's the thing. It's not 
too good to be true. It's too good for Jews. We can't have it because Jews don't want white people to have a society well, that is just so great. Well, if you got to play communist earlier, <laughs> yeah, as the devil's advocate, uh, let me be your, uh, I don't know, alt-right devil advocate then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if it sounds like perfect and, you know, people agree with it, why can't we call it something else, the National Socialism, that puts people off? <laughs> because the National Socialism means something. It is literally the people's camaraderie. It's the people's community. And it's the truth. But, but, <clears throat> but people don't see it as such. They see it as all these things that it's been tarnished with. Wouldn't well, it then be better to call it something else? My personal belief is that um, when the the coin drops about National Socialism and Hitler, the effect is big. It has way bigger impact than if you call it... Uh, now, National Action comes to mind, but any kind of name like that, uh, alt-right, and you kind of gradually get into Hitler and all that stuff, it's not good enough. Like, you're going for the real deal. That's when it has the biggest impact. And that's when you get the people that are going to stick around. The truly revolutionary, uh, radical people. Yeah. Uh, so and, I don't and it's believe like in... we've said, uh, yeah. we've said, we've said it many, <laughs> many times as well, that, that, that calling ourselves national socialists and, <clears throat> and, and embracing the term uh it also while it does push away some people for sure it also has an inherent function in it that it pushes away the 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 weak so to speak mm -hmm. the ones who will gravitate towards it and and ultimately embrace it even if they know that there's consequences with it are people who are, who are in it and more serious, way more so than <clears throat> than others. So it, it's like a built-in filter <clears throat> of character in in many ways. Doesn't mean that you don't have bad apples seeping through, but but in I think it reduces those. Yeah, yeah, but you have the Hollywood Nazis, and you have the people yeah. that uh, just want to be racist and. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of, you know, it comes with the territory. It, it really does. The, the The important part and the the job of a national socialist activist is to filter through these people and find the good people. Like, our ideology is supposed to appeal to everybody, but there's a time and place for everybody to join, so to speak. At this time, we only need the best people to be able to create the community that is uh, as sturdy and as wholesome, but at the same time as radical as possible so they can make real change. And using its proper terminology, like you say, it's a filter system and it's, uh, I think it's a winning concept, even though the progress is slow because of uh, the Jew media being more and more powerful every single day. Like it doesn't... Uh, 
internet is getting worse. Internet is a fucking virus that is getting worse. So the information stream and all that stuff, that's where it needs to uh, be cut off. Like the media needs to be destroyed. The narrative around National Socialism needs to be destroyed. When people uh, stop being reminded about how horrible these terms are, then we can make real change. Like I was saying to a comrade the other day, just imagine the day when we can use the swastika and we can Roman salute in the streets like we should be able to do. It's absolutely fucking ridiculous that people will go to prison for saluting in the streets and for using the swastika as a symbol on anything. People here, they're being fined for using pictures of Hitler in a certain context. I don't want to live in that society. And when uh, we have influence and we can use these uh, symbols again, make statues to people like Hitler and uh, great leaders of our movement, that's uh, it's going to be really powerful. It's going to be good stuff. So the thought that I had uh, before that uh, is obviously about uh, what I was saying earlier, that uh, people are saying that we can't have this because it's not the 1930s anymore. And it's because I found this uh, 4chan post that I'm going to read out. It said, it's one of these posts with the, what are those called? Like bullet points, maybe. Uh, so there's a progression here. And it, start, it says, start of year nine. That's the 14 and 15 year old. New history teacher. He makes up that the government has announced a whole education system overhaul. Goes into detail about how the new system will separate girls and boys and teach things like farming and housework. He's actually describing the Third Reich education system without telling us it's that. Makes us measure our noses, saying they've also found that kids with long noses may be more likely to be criminal, so they'll be separated out. Keeps talking about how the boys are now going to have military and farming class and the girls are going to be taught to be nurses and housewives. Finally, after we have all the details, ask who's happy about the new system. Whole class, girls and boys, put their hands up. Everyone genuinely excited, high-fiving. Tells us it's not real and he made it up to teach us a lesson about the evil Nazis. Everyone groans with disappointment. People genuinely pissed it's not real. And he looks to, <laughs> he looks close to tears, moves on. And I said, to people who say we can't have national socialism because it's not the 1930s anymore, just pretend playing national socialism for a day will make you depressed when you realize it's not real. That's how powerful it is and that's how powerful it can be. And everyone unites around this idea that we can have nice things as long as white people stand up for white people put race first and uh, put the Jews out of business I think that's a, a winning concept what do you think? yes no disagreements <laughs> I was hoping for a debate here we need to invite <laughs> some guests <laughs> to debate <laughs> 
No, but I, I would also say that you could read uh, Our Path, which is our political program. You can find the nordicresistancemovement.org under Our Politics, where we detail uh, what our national socialism looks like. Uh, it is not, uh, it's not a utopia. I think it's definitely something that can be achieved and... It is thinking big. It is thinking about the thousand-year Reich that we need to preserve our race, whatever that's going to look like. Our plan is obviously to unite the Nordic countries into one national socialist republic. And uh, lastly, yes, I am a national socialist apologist and a Hitler redeemer. So I guess uh, that's that. Some closing uh, points here. We have some news, unless you wanted to add something to, to National no, no. Socialism. Now we have uh, Paladin. He's up to no good. He's uh, going for adventures in England or Pakistan. I don't know where he's going. But he's going to burn the Quran in Wakefield, in North England, uh, today. Today is the beginning of Ramadan, so we'll see how this goes. Maybe there's a live stream somewhere. Has he already how done did it? end up in England, of all places? <laughs> well, they, they've got as much Muslims as anyone, I guess. Now, the thing is, he was outraged. I'm going to tell you the story. He was outraged because a 14-year-old autistic boy uh, had... Uh, he, I don't know, he lost some sort of bet or some sort of... He was lost a game of Call of Duty... And as a punishment, he had to carry around the Quran. And then he dropped the Quran on the floor or something and scuffed the cover of it. And then he has had death threats by the Muslim community in Wakefield against him and his family because he did this. And so uh, Paladin is going there in support of this young boy. And he's saying as follows. Hello. I am Rasmus Paludan, leader of Danish political party Stramkurs and leader of Swedish political party Stramkurs Sverige. As you may know, I burned the Quran in front of a UK embassy a few weeks ago, and this is due to the great injustice that has been committed in Wakefield in England, where a brave, innocent 14-year-old boy has been severely threatened by, um, by people, criminals, undemocratic forces, merely because... He uh, did something with his own book. Um, he happened to own the great whore book, uh, the Quran, and he did what he wanted with that book. But because undemocratic forces in Wakefield are unable to understand this and understand and respect democracy, I have decided to come to the United Kingdom. So on Wednesday, 23rd March 2023, at the beginning of the Ramadan, I'm going to come to Wakefield in England and burn a Quran in a public square to show the undemocratic forces in Wakefield that whenever you try to humble us, whenever you try to humiliate us, we will fight back and we will burn the whore book, the stupid holy Quran, which is not at all holy, but in fact invented by the serial rapist, mass murderer and pedophile thief, Muhammad. <laughs> so the beginning of Ramadan in Wakefield will be the Horburg in flames. Yeah, it's just funny when he says the Horburg. I don't actually agree with uh, his tactics there. I think he's a bit cheap. But it's just funny that uh, 
he he's gonna get killed. This guy is just gonna get fucking whacked one day. He's got so much security, just making him able to, to burn the Quran. And now he's been on trial in Sweden for some sort of... Uh, obviously the burning of the Quran is not allowed in Sweden anymore because of him and because of Turkey putting pressure on Sweden and Sweden's uh, NATO application. But uh, he was on trial for some sort of uh, hate speech that he did in connection with the burning. Maybe calling it the whore book. I don't know. It's probably illegal. Uh, so maybe there's a live stream somewhere where he's being murdered right now I don't know uh, maybe we'll find out after the stream but that's an update on Paladin uh, I was gonna do a little bit about uh, blacks and seasoning I don't know, have you followed this trend? it's been going no. on for a while uh, <clears throat> I thought it was I know what it is but it sounds like a repeat of the washing chicken thing that went went around like last year yeah yeah it's uh it's, uh, it's just more of the blacks i think that's what we're looking at here so what happened was that this lady i don't know if you call him the karen or if she's a girl boss i don't know what she is but she went on and uh, told him about cooking so we can play this video that's been going viral PSA to the seasoning police on this app. If in your brain you only view seasoning as things like garlic powder, onion powder, or maybe something like rosemary. If this is what you view as seasoning and seasoning only, let me pose you a question. What does this come from? Granulated garlic, what is that? Garlic? Onion powder, what does that come from? Dehydrated onion? Let's take a look at the spice rub. Dehydrated garlic, onion, and bell pepper. I sauteed those bell peppers along with my onion and garlic. Hmm, what is so funny to me is if I had just doused my chicken in this rub, in this rub alone, the seasoning police would be out of my comments. They wouldn't even be in there. But the second it's fresh garlic or fresh onion or fresh bell pepper, it's automatically not seasoning. And let me just say one last thing. If you're one of those people that loves to watch cooking competitions and a judge says something is under seasoned, they're talking about salt. Under seasoning your food means there's not enough salt in it. Salt? is going to bring out the flavor of onion, the flavor of garlic, the flavor of whatever random spice rub that you have. And let me just say that if your food tastes a little off, it's not because you need to add more powder. It's most of the time because you need to add more salt or some sort of acid like lemon juice or vinegar. Okay? That's right. And the, yeah, the seasoned police is just talking about black people that are pouring powder on their food and saying like, oh, you don't know how to spice... And uh, yeah, we can we can have a look at some of these clips uh, that I've been collecting. So this is a woman that is uh, washing her. They gotta be clean thoroughly. Her greens in the wash all the in the and bathtub. Mud and dirt is being informed. Look at all that. Look at all Soap. that she cleaned. Thank you, Mama, for putting in that work, child. Thanksgiving finna be off the heat. So that's a Thanksgiving in the black community. Standing over your you bathtub, sure you rubbing eating. your greens. It's good stuff. Uh, I don't know what order I put these things in. This is a PSA to oh, the seasoning police. So here's a few different uh, chicken videos. <laughs> this, 
If you don't put no dish up on your chicken when you're cleaning it, then Christ. what are you doing? You got to get into it with that chicken. got to get into it, get period. seasoning. got to get into it with the chicken. You got to rub on Look at me rubbing on the rub, rub, rub. Yes, ma'am, period. Get into it. If you don't put no dish up period. on your chicken when you're cleaning you it, then what are you doing? You got to... <sighs> More chicken people here. This is a black standard procedure. Have you been uh, to a black person's house eating dinner at any time ever? No, Are not you... even once. <laughs> you want to, don't you? You're seeing these videos, you're like, oh my god. But the thing is, like, I could eat that chicken. Why, why, why would you wash it? Like, I mean, a rinse I could kind of see. <laughs> Even if that's pointless, but but I I mean I can still see, but you would actually using soap. Yeah, that, that's that's the the part that uh, I have a hard time understanding the soap. Here's another. How to season Spanish I like stunning, I like shining, I like million dollar deals, where's my pen, bitch I'm signing, I like those Balenciagas, the ones that look like socks, I like going to the jeweler, I put rocks all in my watch, I like sexes from my exes when they want a second chance, I like proving Yeah, that's how they do it. And uh see if we can do that transition now. No. What's going on now? Fuck's sake, stop fucking playing that video. I mean, the thing is, Elon Musk has destroyed Twitter. I don't know how to say this, but it's just getting fucking worse. He just keeps adding crap to the platform without thinking about the consequences. For example, put four videos in one post. It doesn't work. Like it fucking auto plays all four videos. Like you don't know what video is gonna be playing. It's not good for business, man. Another point, and I think that was. Uh... Oh yeah, this one's good. Uh, let's. Twenty first, son. I just beaming. Got my garlic powder right here. Oh my god, this gonna be start over. Platinum. Now y'all know I gotta pop it with the Tony's first. Oh Son, yeah. I Got my garlic powder right here. Yeah. Oh my god. This is that what they call Look at the What do they call that neighborhood cooking? I went out know about like that paprika. A cookout? That paprika. Is it a ghetto so cookout? Serious, I'm telling you. Got my lemon pepper seasoning right here. Oh my god. The old bay. Now let's dash that ass in there. Now look what they say. Extra spicy. It's not going to be that spicy though because I'm going to balance my flavor. Now let's throw Platinum. Yeah, he's not going to be that spicy first. because he'll damage the flavor. I'm, I'm sure it's been fucking destroyed from the get-go. Now, but it was uh, racial consciousness uh, on Twitter. His uh, One of his points that he made is that the irony of these uh, brown people putting all this powder on the food is that, just like this lady pointed out, they don't know what the powders are. And who made them? You know, the fucking white food industry probably first created the spice mixture that they call, I don't know, their family recipe that they've been doing for the last, I don't know, generation. It's probably just uh, fucking Tesco's special seasoning or whatever. 
the equivalent would be in uh, in, in America. Fucking washed chicken disgusts me. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be washing my chicken. We're gonna make a video. Yeah. It's gonna be washed so chicken and ketchup. Wa yeah, wash every meatball. <laughs> but that that's that's just disgusting. And I mean, what is this? Where, where did this? Uh, why does this did this spicing thing uh, pop up lately for? Yeah, this this lady that went viral on TikTok, uh, basically owning them. I guess uh, I had some rumors that she is Jewish. I don't know how anyone knows that or who she is. I have no idea. She doesn't look Jewish to me. She looks uh, like Shiksa to me. So, yeah, racial consciousness take was they carry around plastic bottles of industrially industrially produced spices. They don't manufacture those spices themselves. Hell, they don't even have the slightest fucking clue as how those spices are even made. But they feel superior to you because they pour powder on everything. And then you have this video. Ah, fuck, that was just a screenshot. But there was a video of uh, this woman like bringing her own spices to a Korean barbecue because it wasn't spicy enough. The Koreans don't know how to season. So... She... You niggas are crazy! Yeah. That's right, with your spice. So... I guess that. We had some conclusions about Black IQ as well, but uh, I think we already know that one. No, <laughs> the, no the, surprises The chicken there. washing spoke for itself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't need to look at the polls. We <laughs> look at these fucking <laughs> clips to know where, where, where they're headed, you know. Nowhere but uh, out of here, I guess. So this has been uh, episode 258 I think it was, and we were talking about the NS Redeemer, and I think we are redeeming uh, National Socialism every single day. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. 2020, uh, 2033 is just around the corner, so look out for that. Uh, next week, we'll try to get a guest on. It's going to be awesome, but we will make it a Nordic Tuesday once again. So it's Tuesday, 8 o'clock. Don't miss it. Swedish time. Ish. Ish, yeah, it might be 9, <laughs> 10, we'll see. Whenever it goes live, it goes live. So, thank you for watching, thank you for donating, and thank you very much. Follow us on Telegram, we have the Nordic Frontier Podcast and Nordic Frontier Chat. You can also find us on uh, nordicresistancemovement.org, always, everything we do is there. Some new cool videos from the organization days, featuring myself, boxing, pretty based. Check that out, and you can also find me on Telegram, Tivas Comfort Corner, and at Andreas Ketchup on Twitter. With that, I say don't be an English cigarette, and hail victory. Hail
You're listening to Resolution Radio. 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 ResolutionRDO.com In ancient times, man roamed the earth in a constant state of hunting or being hunted. Introducing Caveman, where cutting-edge science meets ancient super nutrients. Secure your bottle right now at InfoWarsStore.com. 